Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. I come here this morning with a simple question. Why did you come to the kitchen only to smell the food? For you wives, you can probably relate. Your husband walks around, just around this time after church today, he's going to walk around the kitchen. Because I do it, so I know you do it. Look, girl, what you cooking that pot? Smells good. Now, wives, how would you feel if that's all he did was smell the food? You spent all that, say that one more time, say, we got a problem. She spent all that time putting in all the ingredients that are necessary for his belly to be made fat. Spend all that time preparing the meal. And all you can say is, I like the way it smells. How many folks come Sunday after Sunday, week after week, and all we do is, oh, that was a good word. I just love the way it smells. Matter of fact, it's even on my clothes. If you're like me and you're from West Africa, after the food is cooked, it smells on your clothes. So we ate today, gravy? Yeah, why? It's on your clothes. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Pastor Varney, by the way. I'm the youth and young adult pastor here at Bethel. It's high time that we change our attitude concerning the meal that's been set before us. Did not David say it this way? You prepared a table before me in the midst of my enemies and anointed my head with oil. David knew what he was talking about when he said that. David understood that in the midst of my problems, in the midst of Saul trying to kill me, in the midst of the Goliaths I've I've, I've experienced, the bears, the lions, in the midst of all these things, yet you set a table before me. And some of you are facing some giants this year. Some of you are going into 2020 with problems that you, you, you started back in 2016 with. And I come to tell you this morning, in the midst of your trial, he has set a table before you. And you are going to eat of the goodness of his promises. Because he not only cooked the food, he then decided to set the table. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? Okay, we'll go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere. Can you give us our, our primary verse for today? It's found in Psalms 34, verse 8. You know, Isaiah the prophet said it this way. He said, why do you spend money for what is not bread? Why do you spend so much energy and effort in things that won't keep you the way you ought to be kept? Why do we spend all this time pursuing the purpose that the world offers, pursuing the the opportunities when God has said, look, if you can only see what I've set before you, or better yet, who I've set before you. The word declares in Psalms, uh, Psalm 34, verse 8, it said, oh, say say to your neighbor, say, oh, that says, man, this is from my soul, oh, taste and see that the world 
Look at y'all. Somebody just follow. No, no, no. Are you following? Oh, that's what you said, Pastor. That the world. When's the last time you read this scripture? When's the last time you opened this verse right here? I've been thinking about it all for the last two weeks. It didn't say, oh, that the world. It said, oh, taste and see that the, in all caps, the Lord Adonai, the Lord El Shaddai, the Lord Elohim, the Lord God is good. Not the world. Not what the world has to offer. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, and then it goes on to say, blessed is the man or woman who does what? Trust in him. As we get ready to go into the year 2020, look, the Lord is getting ready to blow your mind. If you look at this scripture in the, uh, in the Amplifier, it says it, <laughs> it says it this way. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord, our God is good. How blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who takes refuge in him. You see, when you start trying to take refuge in everything else other than him, you will be frustrated. If, you, if you're facing a challenge and you're facing a problem and all you can do is look at yourself, you'll miss it. But when you can taste and see, talk to your mouth, say mouth, mouth. taste, say eyes, see. Hold up, David, what you talking about? What do you mean if I taste, then I will see? You see, this past week, we had an amazing time fellowshipping with Pastor Chris for the birthday, and we had a staff retreat, went to the Museum of the Bible, had a great time. I don't know if Henry got that picture, but I wanted him to show it because I, I thought it would make perfect for this conversation this morning. Um, we went to what's called Fogo de Chao. Well, some of y'all know about that, huh? Somebody said, wow, oh yeah. Now, I'm not going to call any names or look at any staff or admin or pastor in this room because they said when you point at somebody, you got four fingers pointing back at yourself. Pastor Gladys said, yeah, you better don't say nothing about me. And I won't, Pastor Gladys. I know better. I'm trained. But you see, we went to this illustrious restaurant and we walked up in there and, man, we had a good time. If you're familiar with the Brazilian uh, uh, restaurant style, how they serve you, right? They, they give you a little card, and it's green, and then it's red on the other side. And as long as your card, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. As long as your card is on green, they keep feeding you, and feeding you, and feeding you, and feeding you. And for some of us that got gluttonous issues, we broke the, the, the threshold, and feeding you, and feeding you. And I tell some of had to say, one pastor I know said, no more lamb, no more lamb. I can't eat, so he flipped his card on red. How many of you have flipped your card on red when it comes to what God wants to do to you? You see, when, when, my, when, when my card or my faith is on, I get to receive of the goodness of this Lord. But as soon as I start to get too full of myself, hmm? I, say, I got this, God. I'm going to turn my card over real quick. I don't need nothing from you today. Ah! When he's standing there with so much goodness and mercy and hope and joy that he wants to serve you, and all you can say, I don't, I'm not, I don't want it yet. He has set the table before you in the midst, say in the midst of my enemies. You know, David is my, is my, is my man for the day. So David also said this. He said, 
I was young. I'm not old, so don't, don't play no games. <laughs> the young people tell me I'm old, so context matters. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed beg for bread. David knew what he was talking about. Somewhere in 1 Samuel 21, David and his men were hungry. They needed some food to eat. David took himself to the temple. David decided, you know what, I want the temple bread. Oh, David, you got some, you got heart. So David went to the priest and said, what you got to eat, brother? The priest said, well, I got the, sh I got the show bread. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the show bread. Anybody familiar with the show bread? Better yet known as the bread of presence. David said, that's the bread I want. And David ate the bread that was supposed to be placed in the temple that represented the presence of God, the, the provision of God, the sustenance that God provides. David ate that. How many of you got the attitude of David this morning? You're saying, you know what? I want the presence bread. Uh, God help me all. I want the bread that represents your presence. Jesus said it best because I want to talk about the type of tasting we need to do. Because a lot of us chase after temporary things that we think will sustain us on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not plausible to keep you into eternity. The only bread that will keep you, he said it himself. He said, listen, y'all, if you want to taste something, taste me. All right, hold on. Let me, let me take you somewhere real quick. If you can go to John chapter 6, verse 48. This is Jesus speaking. If, you, if you're familiar with the story, he just fed the, the 5,000 men, including children, and women may have been about 10 to 12,000, somewhere around that number. And you know how we get. Somebody get a little bit of something, you all of a sudden you want to follow them. Everywhere they go. So Jesus multiplied bread and fish, and they decided we're going to follow you. Everywhere you go. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they decided to force him into kingship. They decided to, to make him king. And Jesus said, no, 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 not like that. Not like that. I don't want position like that. I don't want, I don't want what God has not given me. Not like that. I came to fulfill a purpose. Not like that. Don't you go chasing things that God didn't give you. Like that. You see, when people position you, they can also remove you from there. But if God places you at a place... If God positions you at a place, if God sets a table before you, I don't care what enemy is plotting to take it from you. He cannot take it from you. It's impossible. One pastor said it's impossible. Can't. It's impossible. Can't. They can't take it and it's not possible. He says, I am the bread of life. You see, after all of the chasing after physical bread, he said, he said, you know what? I got something way better for you. I know you like the bread and fish trick. I know you like that one. You like the temporary satisfaction that you got from eating that bread. But I got something that's way better for you. And they said, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? He said, your fathers ate manna in the desert and they died. But I come to tell you this morning, look, your fathers, they can only go but so far. But I am the bread of life. He who eats me will never go hungry. 
Oh, so Jesus, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you eat of me, if you partake of me, if you ingest me, there are things in your life that you need that I automatically am willing to supply because I'm the endless supply. Jesus equals supply to your life. I'm the non-stop giver of eternal life. Stop waiting to go to heaven to enjoy eternal life. If you partake of me, you will walk and talk and move and breathe in eternal life. A lot of us are waiting to die. Why wait to die? Live now. And walk and talk and breathe and eat eternal life. You need life. Say, I need life. Well, Jesus is bread. You know, I asked Google a question. I said, Google, how many different types of breads are there? You know what Google said? An estimate of 136 types. Some people are chasing 136 different options when God is giving you one. You're all around looking for sustenance. We're all around looking for approval. We're all around looking for opportunities. He said, I, I am it. I am it. Stop searching for that boy that can't give you joy like I can. Stop searching for that girl that told you she will give you the world. Uh-uh, she won't. I am it. Say, he is my bread. Now, one of the most interesting stories, right, I've, I've read is the story where Jesus goes through the temptation. And he's in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says, and <laughs> this is one of the most amazing stories. Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. Can you, can you give you that? Yeah. The Bible says, now when the tempter came, he said, came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become what? To become what? Now, does that make any logical sense? Jesus has already said to me and said to you that I am bread. Then the enemy comes to tempt him with what? Isn't that interesting that some of us are being tempted by things that we already possess? You're looking for opportunity, God has given it to you. You're looking for a platform, God has given it to you. The problem is you haven't tasted it yet. You haven't applied it. He said, if you are the son of God, Jesus didn't have an identity crisis. He didn't struggle with who he was. He knew he was the son of God and he was bread. He knew who he was. There was no trying to convince him of otherwise. He said, come in. He said, let me tell you something, serpent. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every... Uh-huh. So evidently when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he wasn't necessarily talking about, about Peter bread. He wasn't talking about wonder bread, although he is a wonder. He wasn't talking about wonder bread. He wasn't talking about Peter bread. He says in Matthew 5, 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be what? Filled. You see, when you got an earnest desire to partake of this bread, the bread of life, he is guaranteeing you that he will fill you up with righteousness. He will fill you up, your inner man, your spirit man. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mamma talked about beholding. Look, a lot of times we don't understand as we eat the bread, you won't have to force yourself to gain weight. Okay, hold on. When was the last time you helped your digestive system work? 
When's the last time? Did you stay up and say, okay, now stomach do it this way, acid do it? Do you do that? All you do is what? Eat. And the process is seamless. We don't have to work for righteousness to be established. We don't have to work for, look, just continue to eat and eat and eat and partake. All of a sudden, oh, I'll gain weight, so this suit don't fit me no more. It used to fit, now it don't fit. You know why that's the case? You know why sin can't fit you anymore? You know why lust and pride can't fit you anymore? Because you've been eating, you've been eating, you've been eating, and so that thing can no longer fit. I don't care how you try to force yourself into sin, you won't be able to fit. You just won't. I don't care how I try to lie past it, like that. I struggle. I can't lie comfortably. Because this, the coat of lies just can't fit. Are you hearing me this morning? Say, I'm the righteousness of God. If you're the righteousness of God, you're just not comfortable in sin. You're not. It's because you've been eating bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we've tasted the bread, and we taste the bread. Now, we know we're not talking about communion, because although the communion is an active part of what Jesus told us to remember him by, he's not necessarily, he's talking about the word. You know, there's only one means by which you and I can learn how to walk in our righteousness that is found in the word. He said, oh, it don't take all that, Pastor Fee. It don't take, yes, it does. You think I stand up here because I went to, to, to multiple seminaries? It was the word. Hold on. He said, taste the bread. But then he says, see, right? See. Go to John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. John 1, 1 to 5. Come on, read it with me. Say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Keep going. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was what? Life. He said, I'm the bread of life. In him was life, and then, sorry, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Let me say something to you here. A lot of times we're trying to force people to see. See. They're not going to see until they get him in. Those relatives that are lost and looking like some complete anomaly, they're not going to change until they see. I know you didn't change until you saw. The reason why you're seated in these seats this morning is because you've seen something. And it's a light. It's a light. It's a person in Jesus' name. So you got to see the light. And then go to verse 14, because I want you to see this. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt where? Look, God left heaven, left his glorious throne room, far above principalities and policies. I'm going to come and dwell amongst them. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. 
the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, when you take this bread, or you take this word, or you take this light, and you begin to ingest it, all you're going to see is grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth. God's ability to do what he wants to do through you, at no cost to you. Because we could not afford it. You say, why are you wasting money on things you, it's not even bread. Take me in. Then he said in Revelations, I want you to see something here in Revelations. He said it. Revelation 3.20 says, behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking and I'm knocking and I'm knocking. This morning, some of you, he's knocking at your heart right now. And he's knocking and he's knocking. And he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. Not I will come with him. No, I'm going to come where? Into him. And then we're going to do what together? We're going to dine. I know he promised to take you out for lunch today. I know she promised to cook that meal. Ooh. But Jesus has a better plan. He wants to come in and eat with you. And not just once, because you know, for the child I talked about earlier, you got to save up six months rent money to go out there with a crew of people. But here's his free of charge. All he wants to do is come and spend quality time with you. You rob yourself of the opportunity every day that you wake up that God gives you another day when you don't get into his word and begin to eat and sup and partake and receive the sustenance that you need for your day because there are enemies out there waiting for you. And he's saying, look, stop making this thing too complex. If you will sit with me, open up the bread, and let's eat together, those things that you call adversaries become minuscule. But we magnify our problems and we minimize our solution. My God, I'm going to say it one more time. We magnify our problems and we minimize our solutions. And he's given us the bread. Because the more you eat of him, the more you become The more you eat of him, the more you begin to say, but I know that, you know, Bishop said this in Houston a couple of weeks ago. He said, at the end of the day, God's object and his goal is to make sure that we all look like Jesus. And God's diet plan in order to look like Jesus is in the written word. You're not going to look like him watching soap opera all day. For my sports enthusiasts out there, it does not matter whether LeBron got AD. That's not going to make you look more like Jesus. And I'm one of those guilty parties. The amount of time I spent watching ESPN to see highlights, if I would take half of that and apply it to my word life, you see, the world is not looking for preachers and teachers and pastors. They're looking for Jesus. When you go to your job, they're looking for Jesus. They may not tell you because they don't understand what he looks like, but when he appears, they can't put a finger on it. They, they, they can't quite, they're looking for goodness, but he says what? Only God is good, right? Taste and see. And the only way they're going to know the goodness of God is when you are full of the goodness of God. There's no other way. There's no other way. Say there's no other way. 
Say, I got to get my diet right. I got to eat more bread. No, I'm not talking about honey oat. I'm not talking about honey oat. I know it's supposed to be healthy when you go to Subway. Give me honey oat with steak and cheese on it. That's me. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> so my question is, what hinders us from seeing, right? If he is the word that became flesh, what hinders you from seeing? There are two things I want to talk about. Say unbelief and self-righteousness. You know, it is said that the God of this world has done what? Blinded those that are perishing. That's unbelief. I don't believe you Christians. You believe in a God that was here 2,000 years ago. Da, 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 da. So when you go to approach people, pray against that spirit of unbelief. In your own walk, in your own movement, pray against unbelief. Because that is the greatest hindrance for you seeing Jesus day after day after day after day. The Lord says, I will supply all of your needs according to what? And who? Christ Jesus. The enemy said, I beg you, young. What supply? You can't, don't you see your mortgage is due? As a matter of fact, you're two months behind. Who told you that stuff works? And so you go and get a third job plus an Uber opportunity. <laughs> I, hey, I'm not here to knock on Uber, please. If you do your lift thing, you got to hustle, you got to hustle. But what if, just what if this table that he set before you has a design and a divine opportunity just there. If you just open the word. Look, he's not just here to give you theology. He wants to give you freedom. He's not here just to tell you God so loved the world. Yes, but within that God so loved the world is all of your provision. Ah, uh, You see, there's a story, and I'm going to wrap up in a couple of minutes. There's a story here. You need to see this. You need to see this. You need to see this. Because unbelief is a killer, even amongst the body of Christ. Self-righteousness is one of the places we tend to struggle. We think that we have to do something about what God has already done. God has already done the work. You just need to sit down. Your wife has already prepared the meal. Stop inhaling the food, smelling like the food, eat the food. The light has already been turned on. Why are you still walking like you're in the darkness? Okay, hold on. Let's look at this story. Go to Luke chapter 24, verse 28 to 32. So... Here's right after Jesus resurrects, Luke chapter 24, and he appeared in the tomb, and uh, was it Mary Magdalene saw the body, and hey guys, you know, the woman is always good to see and talk. We the men, I don't know, we're praying for us still. Um, <laughs> shout out to all my brothers in the house, and the men of Bethel are rising up with fire in Jesus' name. But a woman comes and says, he's, he's risen, just as he said. Oh, we don't believe that stuff. We don't believe so. The Bible does not mention both of them. The only one, the, one of the name of the disciples that are walking away from what God had already done. His name is Cleopas. And they're walking, and they're talking, and they're distraught. I thought he said he was going to do what he said. You know, you know, he raised Lazarus. He couldn't raise himself out the grave. Look how he allowed them to kill him. I mean, I don't know. You know, this church business, I quit. I'm about to go watch it online. I'll find me, a, you know, another church. Because the stuff they're talking about, it don't work. This Jesus, I don't know. He seems to be, and they're arguing amongst themselves. They're vexed. They're mad. And then here comes who? He said, let me tell you something. For as much as unbelief and self-righteousness is an issue, he's not intimidated by it. 
Cleopas and the other disciple, they're walking in Luke 24, and as they're discussing his death and why he didn't seem to resurrect, he shows up in the midst. Just start talking about him, people. Just start calling the name of Jesus. Just start to make mention of him. You see, when you start talking about him, he loves that kind of gossip. He said, oh, they're talking about me. I want yeah. it. <laughs> he comes in and says, oh, what'd you say about my mama? No, he didn't say that. But you said something about me? And they're talking, and they're talking, and the Bible says he began to say, hold up. First of all, it's as if to say he was almost disgusted with the conversation. He said, was it not important for the Son of Man? And then he begins to break down scripture after scripture. He used word after scripture about why he had to die, about the fact that he was going to resurrect. And he breaks it down, breaks it down, and then when we get to verse 28, it says, and they drew near to the village where they were going, and he acted as if Jesus got dry fears. <laughs> he pretended. He wasn't going to do it, but he acted as if. You know what? All right, fellas, it was good little talk, good little chat. I'm about to leave. He indicated that he would have gone further. Go to the next uh, uh, verse. But they what? They, they, they asked him to say, I can only imagine Cleopatra saying, no, you're not leaving me like this. Sunday was good, but I want more of you. Oh, you know, this sermon was good, but I want more. I want, I, I want communion with you. This, this was all right, but I think there's another level that I need. And I'm saying to you this morning, don't you leave here, get your church on, and go for the rest of your week and don't constrain him. But they constrain him saying, abide. Didn't he say, if you abide with me and I abide in you. They said, come, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And so he did what? He went in to stay with them. Next verse. Now it came to pass, oh, yes, Lord, as he did what? Sat at the table. I can only imagine him saying, now get the bread, get the wine, make sure you, I can imagine him orchestrating what happened at the Passover. That's my imagination saying that's what he did. He set the table before them. He sat at the table with them. He doesn't just want to set the table before you. He wants to sit at the table with you. He wants communion. He wants intimacy. He wants connectivity. He wants to talk to you and walk with you. That is why he came from all the way up high to come this low. Because he wants intimacy. He doesn't just want church. Oh! We play too much, man. Put on your Sunday's best, bow tie, boom, I'm good, let's go to church. Nah! Young girl, he wants more from you. Sat at the table with them. Then he did what? What did he do? Broke the bread. Blessed the bread. <laughs> Say he blessed the bread. Then he broke the bread. You've got to bring your bread to him so that he can bless it and break you off something proper. I don't think you caught that one. Okay, I'll use this example. So they brought their bread. He blessed the bread. You see, a lot of us struggle financially because we haven't brought the bread. We've been told that we had to build a building out there. And some of us are saying, yeah, let the church do it. Who is the church? You are the church. No, I mean, can we get real real quick? You think this, this building is a church? How many of you think this is the church? 
Say, we are the church. And it's going to take us believing this word, walking in this word, talking this word, allowing him to bless our bread. So that, look, Jesus is not necessarily, he's not interested in your paper. He wants your hearts. He wants communion with you, people of God. He wants intimacy with you. Why? He, and he gave it to them. So he gave them the bread that he blessed and he broke. Next verse. The Bible says this, verse 31. Then what? So you want to tell me that we're walking with our eyes closed the whole time? <laughs> Some of us look like our eyes open but really closed. Oh, God. Why am I going through so? I better don't fall off the stage. Oh, God. I don't know why I'm going through so much. The reason why you walk like that and talk like that, and this is mainly for those who are believers. If you're not, we got another conversation for you. But the reason why many do that is because they haven't gotten a communion with the Lord. You see, when you sit with him, he takes what seems to be so complex and he breaks it open. The lady with the alabaster box broke the, the only way the aroma could come up, she had to break it. The minute he did that, the Bible says their eyes were open, taste and see. And they what? And they what? Their eyes were open and they what? And they knew him. And they knew him. Somebody, thank you. Revelation. 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 Say revelation. revelation. You're not going to get one inkling of revelation until you spend time with him. You're not going to know that the food is well seasoned unless you taste it. Then you have the aha. So there's a, there's a few things I want you to see. Because evidently, after their eyes opened and they knew him, the Bible says they van he vanished from their sight. Uh, you know, Jesus got a sense of humor. We make this thing too deep. So you just wanted to do that so you can disappear like right before. He but did he really leave? Did he really leave? He may have disappeared, but he was still very present there. Ah, I say he may, Pastor P, he may have disappeared, but he was still right in their presence. The only difference was now that the eyes were open, he said, now you get it. I'm inside of you. And we're waiting for the visible Jesus and he's saying, stop looking up there. Look in here. I dwell inside you. But the only way you will understand this is if you're tasting it daily and then you get to see it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, he's good. He is good. Say he is good. Say he is good. There's a few things I want you to see. A few things the Bible talks about, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. If you can find that real quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Say to your neighbor, say, you got to see my friend. Like, look them with intensity. Say, you got to see my friend. That you are righteous. Say it. That you're righteous. It's not because any pastor made this up. It's because he said it. He said, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become what? You don't just walk in righteousness. You are the very essence of righteousness. You don't just, you don't just do righteous things. You are a righteous being. Therefore, you can't help it. 
The Bible says it clear. You are the righteousness of God. Where? In him. So when the accusatory voice of the enemy comes in, tell you who tell you God going to answer that, that prayer? My friend, hold tight. This word just told me that I am the righteousness of God. Therefore, I am entitled to answer prayers. No, I'm not begging God. Oh, God, please do it for me. Oh, no. I'm saying because I'm the righteousness of God, I'm entering boldly to the throne as if Jesus himself was entering boldly and telling, Father, let it be done according to your will. We pray scary prayers. Oh, Father, please, if it be thy will, um, you know. <laughs> How many of you got young children? Young children, somewhere around toddler age two to five. Do they come and say, oh, father, oh, mother, can thou provide me food? For I have been very hungry in my day. Do they say that to you? What do they do? Mommy, I'm hungry. And they don't, now, right? Right, right, right. That's the kind of stuff God looking for. Because when you know that this person is my supply line, when you know that this person is the one who, you know, who makes it, his name is Jehovah Shammah, you got to see him everywhere. Blessed Redeemer. His glory doesn't get, it fills the entire universe. Everlasting Father. The one who walks with me. The one who watches me. The one who is willing to receive all that I have to say because I'm righteous. Jehovah Shammah. It's my daddy. It's my daddy. Say I am righteous. I want you to also see this. Say, I am prospering. Oh no, say it. Say, I'm, I'm prospering. This is a year of uncommon favor. Have any of you experienced any uncommon favor yet? And I want to say that should be 100%. But there's that, that shift and that variation. Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I got it, sometimes I don't. Come on, man. If you watch Sports Center, you just got that. Come on, man. They say that a lot. Can you give me John 2 2? 3 John 2 2. 3 John 2 2. I want you to see it. You got to see it. Taste and see. Say taste and see. 3 John 2 2. Beloved, who's the beloved of the Lord this morning? Me. I'm not speaking for you. I'm speaking for I'm the beloved. You see, John knew who he was. He said the disciple that Jesus loved. He called himself that. And I think I heard Bishop say it this way in Houston. He said, when all the Peter said, you know, I would die for you. I'm going to be there for you. When all of them said what they said, when, 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 when it got really tough for Jesus, guess who stayed? The one who knew he was loved by him. So you got to declare, say, 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 say beloved. That's who I am. He said, I pray that you may prosper in all things that be in what? Health, just as your soul prospers. Why is it my soul is prosperous but my external is struggling? Could it be that I have not allowed the bridge to be formed, the faith walk to be established so that the transfer from my spirit man can then show up? When you see, when you taste and you see, 
That bridge gets built, and the more you taste and you see, you get established. Therefore, prosperity is not a struggle. Bethel, let me say something to you. In the year that's coming up, God desires to take you from glory to glory. And that's not because of anything you've done. That's not because of anything you will do. It's simply your current disposition is glorious. Your spirit, man, is the same as Christ. And I know somebody just said, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's hard to see it. Sometimes I don't feel it. It seems like this thing ain't working. And I'm, I'm here to encourage you. Your soul is already prospering. If any man be in Christ, you're already prospering. But let that transfer take place. I got one more and then we can close out on that thought. I will end with the scripture for the year. Psalm 5. 12. Hey, how will God send this kind of word for 2019? Why? Because he already sees your ending from your beginning. Have you been chewing on this word all year long? Have you been meditating on this word all year long? Have you been declaring uncommon favor? We got a huge banner that says our year of uncommon favor. We still got two months to go. There are some things still pinned up. There are some, say, I am favored by the Lord. Say, I am, now I will be say, I am favored by the Lord. The word says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Where the righteous? Where's, where, where are you? Where's the righteous? Where? Where's the righteous? Where? Where are you? If you're righteous, let me see. Ah, but then this applies to you. 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 This is your word this morning. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him or her as with a shield. All you have to do is taste and taste eat it. You see, you can't just put your food in your mouth and swallow it. You got to chew it. <laughs> You've got chewing applies meditate. You got to get all the juice out of it. You know, when you're eating that picanha, you can't just swallow that mug. You got to, mm, mm, oh my God, this thing. Well, I'm keeping my stuff on green. Green, baby. We can bring more. Green, I want more. I want, mm, oh, this is so good. Mm, oh, green. I said, don't leave here with red. Leave here with green. Don't leave here with red. Don't leave here with red. Don't leave here in doubt. Don't leave here in fear. Don't leave here in insecurity. Don't leave here hopeless. Don't leave here empty. Don't leave here without God revealing himself to you. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. He says, I will bless the righteous with favor. I will surround him or her as with as a shield. What does that indicate? Yeah, the, the enemy will come, he will dry. The enemy will, he will dry. I mean, that's why he's the enemy. If he wasn't coming after you, then he's not the enemy. So that part, stop worrying about him. What you need to do is see that God is with you. Gehazi, what are you talking about? Master, master, the, 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 the Assyrians, they're here. Oh, they're all over us. He said, boy, don't be disturbed my nap. Don't you know I've been having revival all night? Elisha, he looks around. He looks around. He looks around. I really don't, Lord, my only prayer is that you open their eyes so that they can see. Ah. <laughs> if you will see that, they are more for you 
than those that are against you. You won't be so worried about what they say about you on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Instagram, or how many likes you got or you didn't get. Just see who's with you. Just see who's with you. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads. Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.